Hi, welcome to the latest episode of my podcast, which is the audio recording of an interview. The video version is available on Facebook, YouTube, and most of the time on Instagram. My Facebook group is called Donna's Interviews, Reviews and Giveaways, and all the links to everything else are on there. Um, If you want any feedback or if you want to suggest any authors you'd like to see, I'd really appreciate it. Hope you enjoy. Good afternoon. Today I'm talking to Malcolm Collindrake. Hi, Malcolm. You are here to talk about your new book. So would you like to tell us a bit about yourself and your new book? Yes, I'd love to. Thank you very much. Good afternoon. Uh, Thank you very much indeed for having me on here. Um, The new book published today is the first in the Merseyside. I can never do this properly. uh, First in the Merseyside crime series. It's called Catchers Catch Cam and features two female detectives on this occasion. a D.I. April Decent, I've got to be careful, so an April in the other series, and um, a D.S. Skeeter Warlock, and it's been really good fun writing the female voice for this series. It was something that I was a little bit anxious about, uh, but I loved it as, it as I progressed. And they're both very different characters. Um, uh, Certainly Skeeter has been the one that I have truly enjoyed researching and writing. Um, I think she's probably more like my character than <clears throat> Decent is. Decent's much more intelligent and sharp thinking, uh, knows what she wants and knows how to get it. Skeeter knows the same but has a different way of getting what she wants. Um, so it's been good fun. And, and that's going to be followed very quickly by uh, Sin, which is also written. And now, uh, we, we, I think I got this yesterday through. And so the, the, the team develops. Um, the first one is set predominantly in Liverpool itself, where there's a, a mix of uh, teenage kids stealing mopeds for their own good. Um, so they can use it for different crimes, bag snatch, phone snatching, delivering drugs, working with a team, and uh, a little bit like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Snow White is um, key to this. And it was inspired, really, the story by somebody, I met somebody on holiday who had um, a tattoo of Grumpy. And I just thought, wouldn't it be good to write a story based around the dwarves and the... And because they were children, it seemed to, well, not children, but it used, it worked very, very well. And that is, is linked with the finding of a, a corpse on uh, the, the beach. And uh, eventually they link. Uh, but what was lovely about writing this <clears throat> is one of the characters, one of the girls, who, uh, the criminal girls, suddenly becomes, um, wants to leave because her partner has disappeared and uh, she moves away of her own accord and um, eventually uh, manages to extract herself from the group. But that's as far as I can tell you about that because otherwise I would give too much away. But it's predominantly set around the Liverpool area, whereas Sin 
moves further up the Sefton coast and most of the action of that takes place in Southport. And Southport for me is a fascinating Victorian seaside town where you sometimes will never be able to see the sea because it's beyond, uh, out, way, way out. Um, but it's not too dissimilar from Harrogate and in its architecture and its style and it's, so it's been good to, to bring um, the white rose across to, it's not really the red rose, is it? Because it's not in Lancashire, it's in Merseyside, but, but to come to this coast. And uh, I've, been, I've thoroughly enjoyed writing the start of that series. And hopefully today, when more and more people read it, um, they'll like it. I might find it a little bit different from the Harrogate series. Because that's what I didn't want to do. I didn't want to have it similar. I wanted to have some difference. I wanted to have a, so you can actually clearly define between one series and the next. And I don't know whether I've been successful at that, but I will soon find out when the reviews start to come. <laughs> well, as someone who's read both, then yes, you have successfully you. done that. That's lovely to know. Because that's what I, it, it really, and same in the characters. Um, and you, I, I know I love writing about Cyril and I love writing about David Owen, but David Owen is the one that you get, I get the most pleasure out of developing and that interaction with Bennett. And I think I'm going to, have the same pleasure writing about Skeeter as I have with that. And people say, well, very strange titles for your books. <clears throat> and I didn't tell anybody about the titles. Um, and it was great because the publisher, Hobbit Books, uh, never said to me, would you like, we need to change the title. It doesn't, it's too long, it's too, too cumbersome, it's too, it's, um, but it fits so well. and. Skeeter Warlock is um, a wrestler, not the wrestler that you see in the ring, but a, a mat wrestler. And it, Wigan, where she lives, catches catch can wrestling has always gone on. And there's a famous wrestling uh, gym called the Snake Pit. And that was started by Riley in a shed at the bottom of his garden. And all the miners would go lads to learn to wrestle. And it, it, it's a very, very stringent discipline, um, a very hard sport indeed. And I went to see a gentleman called um, Royce Banks, who has a gym at Insinwigan, who's a, a wrestler himself. And we talked quite some time about uh, Catcher's Catch and wrestling. So <clears throat> it, has a, it has a mixed, because it's how to catch certain people for the police, but also Catcher's Catch Can. And Skeeter knows how to use the techniques of Catcher's Catch Can when she's put into a corner, let's say. She, she's really good. Now, sin is different again. Um, and I don't know if you, you don't know, got the, the connection between sin. No? I remember. I put, I put you on the, yeah. with the cover. With the, 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 on the cover is a, a scarecrow. And when I was a very young kid, I used to read a series called Dr. Sin. And Dr. Sin was, um, used to wear a scarecrow mask and he was um, a smuggler but he was actually a, a, a vicar as well so he was it was mixed between the two and the the connection between the scarecrow and the characters made me want to put uh, sin spelt the way that sin is spelt for dr sin um, and the scarecrow plays quite a significant role within the story itself doesn't it so that's what that's why that one's titled up <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
Um, how did you get into the female head so that you could write genuine female characters? Um, well, I, I was fortunate because I had written um, sort of female voice for some of the characters within the Harrogate series, particularly uh, Lisa, uh, Liz Graydon. Um, and then of course, April Richmond who came through. And originally when I planned this series, because I was originally commissioned to do this series by another publisher. And I, looked, I thought about it and, and I got the title, the names in my head, I didn't get the title, but I had the names in my head for the two characters. I had Skeeter Warlock and I had April Richmond. And I was gonna bring April Richmond across from Harrogate to Merseyside as promotion. And the, when I started to write it, it it didn't, I didn't feel comfortable with it at all. I just, I just thought I, I wanted a complete break away from, from Harrogate and, and write new characters. And I was listening to a radio program. It was Emma and Martin Trulove's uh, Bradford Radio Royal program on a Sunday. I listened every, every Sunday. And uh, he interviewed an author. I can't remember a Christian name, but his surname was Decent. I thought, that's a great name. And originally I was going to call the books A Decent Murder a decent crime, but you know, and I thought that's a little bit twee, isn't it? And uh, so I won't have that, but I wanted to keep decent. And because um, it's a, a surname I'd not heard before. And, um, and strangely enough, I, I, because she lives on her own, I gave her a dog as well. And I gave her um, a, a retired greyhound that she's taken on uh, and called Tico. And um, the original question, right? I suppose it's when you get to my age, you've met a lot of females. You know, you've met a lot. Your mom, your auntie, your family. You know, and 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 I've, as as a teacher, uh, particularly in primary school, you work with a lot of. I've worked with a lot of female teachers. Majority of people in a primary school are female. I mean, I think I've been the only male for, for many many years. Sometimes in the school, so. You get that affinity, you get that feel, and um, I've I've met some who are really tough, Skeeter Warlock figures, and I've met some who are really good thinkers, and that you could rely on all the time. They've always got your back in in, in a situation within the school, and so it's a I would imagine it's it's um, a menage of that. You're bringing all of those together and and picking out the bits that you really want. And what I've got to be careful of now is how I develop them um, and, and think in the way that they hopefully would think. And, and I'm very lucky because Debbie will read through and say, yeah or no. And uh, that's, that's vital. Because I'm going to get it wrong, aren't I? I mean, I'm a man. I'm going to get it wrong at some stage. <laughs> a woman would not say that. You know, you should, she not do that like that, you know. We were talking about stapling in the heads, weren't we, the other day, uh, earlier. And, and it's right, isn't it? I mean, it's that sort of difference, isn't it? Yin and yang on Pluto and Mars or whatever it was. But I will, I, I, I hope I've achieved what I want to achieve. And I, and, I, and I like the characters and I get a buzz from the characters. So that's half the battle, I think. Uh, and they don't, they don't swear that much either. No, they don't actually. <laughs> And I like the fact, actually, that in the first book, considering it's the first in a series, you don't actually know a lot about them. They get thrown straight into a case and 
they have to get on with it and you don't actually sort of get to know them until the second book really which I thought was actually quite a nice refreshing change thank you I didn't I didn't want to clutter it with <clears throat> with history I didn't want to, 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 to actually I didn't want them to have any real hang-ups I didn't want them to be drunk so I didn't want them to have been divorced three times and I, I didn't I wanted them to to grow a little bit like a shadow in the morning sun. I wanted them to to get stronger as as the series goes on um, and you will find out more about them you will find out their back catalogue and you will but I don't want that to detract from the general story. I, w I want that to support it in some ways, and and you find out you find out more about why they act in a certain way, because of something that's happened in the past, or when it's relevant within the story and within the series. And I think you're not the first person that I've received a, a review today about somebody who actually put that as well, that it wasn't too cluttered with past and and and, and, and detectives with serious problems mentally and emotionally and all of that and and i re never really tried to i've never done that in the other series and i really didn't want to do it in this series either. yeah it's it's interesting um from a reader's point of view actually where your first one is there's so much going on story-wise and then the second one you've got one story sort of and then you've got more characters which is really cool um from a reader's point of view to to read them like that it's funny yeah. you say that about characters, sorry, Jack, but, but I'm always conscious of having too many characters within a story, too many names in a story, because it can get, um, you, you can feel wrapped in a, in, in a, a crowd, really, can't you? And you think, who is that? Who, who is that? Who is that person there? So I try to, I try to give it um, to, to, to a limited number. And that's a challenge in itself sometimes. You think, do I need to do I need to name this character in this now because they're just coming in and going out, or, or do I need to just describe them briefly and let them go? So it's it's a skill that I think you learn as you the more you write, um, and, and and the more you listen to reviews and, um, and and what people say, you can actually hone the craft um, as you go on. And it's that's one something that I'm really conscious now about when I'm writing. Just keep the number of people within the, the tale uh, to a minimum. Just the number that you need. You know, don't over don't overburden it. Don't overburden. Don't have too too few. Keep it. Try and keep it right. And uh, that's what you work to. Yeah, I think um, something I noticed was that the team, uh, the police investigation team, was quite small. Yeah. Um, so that worked quite well. I know we're. I, I'm kind of looking forward to reading more about the characters because you've given hints to the characters in there. So, and there's going to be some interesting characters, I think. So, yeah, there's always going to be somebody flying a, a paper aeroplane, I think, in the, <laughs> in the room. And I like, I like that was, I found that quite fascinating. And I saw somebody do that. So I thought, oh, that's, that, that will work within the story, you know, because they never fly well, do they? They always <laughs> land in, in the wrong place. And then they open it with a note inside it. I think that's, that's communications of 2021 in the police station. <laughs> <laughs> Not an email. <laughs> have a, have a note. <laughs> but they tolerated, you know, it wasn't all serious and all, no, you can't do that. You know, it was just like, oh, they're doing that again that's fine <laughs> yeah, and, and one of them is where, where April Decent actually picks one up and, and takes it to where it should go 
and you can you know you can feel that does she say something say, i don't want to see this happening again but she doesn't you know she sort of says that's that's part of the pleasure of, of, of the writing that you can actually change the person as they develop that they um we've all we've all been in um when i changed school you know people say well you don't want to go sit in that person's seat over there you know that's so and so as they've sat in that for the last 22 years you know if you're sitting there at playtime you'll be in trouble and i think we, we all go to these new positions new, you, you, you tread warily you know you you, you see all hear all and say as little as possible until you know what's going on there. And I think, I think April was very much like that when she got into this situation. She's assessing everybody and making up her own mind of who she can trust and who she can't trust. And, 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 and that comes out, I think, as well when, when they're driving to the crime scene on the, on the beach and, and the young driver, police officer, uh, insults her in a way. And she, she sort of gives him both barrels without any problem at all and sets the, the grounding there's there's the mark in the sand and you're not going to go over it you know you can come up to it but don't go any further and um i remember as, as a young teacher uh, one when i one head teacher said i, I called him by his christian name and he turned straight to her and said mr so-and-so until i say you can and it, you just remember it and bring it into to the story um, what is it with the names in your book? <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to ask me that question. I couldn't you... think of a better way of putting it, but yeah. Well, with Skeeter Warlock, yeah, um, that was already preset, um, but there are quite a few names. L Liverpool, of course, is um, a port, and it's, it's, a, it's a melting pot, isn't it? I mean, you've got so many different people from different countries and different races living there, and they've lived there since, since they were born, and, and they all come together. And they all have fascinating names. So if you want to remain them, they're not going to be called John, are they? They're going to be called Pete. They, so I find it the hardest job I find in writing is finding character names. And um, if I give a book, a, a manuscript to Deb, she says, you know, you've got four Stuarts in this book, or two Peters, or well, with this, I couldn't do that. I have that because I have so many different names from people from different parts of the world all all scouters all Liverpool. most of them are born in Liverpool so finding the names was a case of trawling the internet for suitable names that that I thought worked with them and um yeah it's a bit complicated at times isn't it but um a lot of them don't last very long though do they <laughs> what about Bob Lawn then pardon what about Bob Lawn? Bob Lawn? <laughs> yeah. Bob Lawn is, Bob Bob is a real person. Bob Lawn <laughs> is a person I know who lives in Nesborough. <laughs> and um, I just thought it worked great because, <clears throat> you know, you, you, there'd be so many quips about his name as he travelled around different forces because he's, a, he's, he's not connected to any particular force. He's connected to the drug. And, um, you know, the grass doesn't grow under his feet and all of those that they come out with. And... Uh, <laughs> Know, green as grass and all of that in those days and, and I, I just love the name and I like using names of people I know because I have this I can actually picture them when I'm writing I can actually put that in and I think oh, that's good that's good and I used to do competitions um, online for people if they wanted to be in one of my books 
and the majority of people who who came along were um, women who won. And I say, we well, like to be good or evil. And 90% probably more wanted to be as evil as you could possibly make them. And I remember a girl called Monica Mack. Fabulous. You could never make that name up, could you? Mm -hmm. And uh, she was an assassin. Mm -hmm. But Monica was a nurse and lives in um, Tasmania. And uh, so we used her, but she only lasted, uh, I think, two chapters. Um, she died in a, uh, not a pleasant way. <clears throat> and yet April Richmond, who is the mother of uh, somebody who's followed me for a very long time, won the competition. And I only had a good character. And she's been in, well, you know how many books that April Richmond has been in. So you see good works. If you're good, you, you last for ages. If you're bad, you don't. It's two chapters and you're out. <laughs> So that's the reason why the names, I just think it, I've tried to make them as real as possible as well. And I think, um, you know, I think Bob Lawrence is lovely. I think it's, I mean, it'll never be in another book, but I thought he worked, I thought he worked well with, with, with being able to have him equipped on his, because he tells them straight away, doesn't he, when he comes in. <laughs> I've heard this one, I've heard this one, I've heard this one, I've heard this one, but if you've got anything original, I'm always willing to hear it. And it's, <laughs> and, and it's funny because, <clears throat> again, for Bob, I, I don't know if you know um, the crime author, Bob, oh, he writes with his wife. He was, he was one of the, the Yorkshire Ripper detectives, Bridgestock. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and in a way, I, I could visualize Bob Bridgestock as well, that sort of demeanor. And I've met Bob on a couple of occasions. He's actually done some of the noir works with me. And um, to me, he's a, he's a real copper. Is, you know, in, in the way that he is, his demeanor, the way he stands when he's been interviewed about certain things, and it's great. So, um, yeah, Bob's good. <laughs> yeah, were you laughing as you were writing it? Um, no, I, do, do you know what? I was just taking as much from it as possible. But I like, I like, yeah, I don't know if you see it, but I, I do try and put a bit of humor into some of the books as well. And, um, and I think that's within crime writing that does that does help quite a lot yeah you've got humor in the Harrogate series as well I think so yeah I think it's, it's, it's got to be there hasn't it because it's real life I mean we, we we never go through through a day without either hearing a joke or telling a joke or something <laughs> stupid or and if it's only somebody's name I mean there's nobody more with Hollingdrake you know like, I was sitting with the publishers yesterday outside the Rubber Duck Hotel, and my name is Holling Drake. You know, Drake at the end and the Rubber Duck. And, uh, I, think, I didn't take them there deliberately. You know, that's that's the way it is. Good old Dockland Beetle, man. Um, when you were writing, did you ever have any problems with your Harrogate characters coming into your head? Yes, yes, all the time, all the time, and um, and. And I've actually written in manuscript April Richmond a few times instead of April Decent. <clears throat> and it's, it's having that, keeping them separate and keeping the characters quite different that has helped. And I know the successful characters in the Harrogate series, so I can adapt some of the characters within the new series to be not too dissimilar. And, and that helps me because I'm, that's a foundation on which I can build. But I do, I do, I hope and will pride myself if people think great series separate 
great series separate or enjoyable series of enjoyable. They, they, they don't they don't interact and i hope each of these is just like the harrogate can be read as a standalone you won't have to go you could read sin without actually reading catch a sketch cat um you said that you've only written two and you're going to see how they go but do you have a plan of how far you can go and what you'll do with them if you do carry on writing yes yeah if, if what i'm hoping that i'll see how readers respond to them and if they like them then i'll certainly write a third um if holbeck want me then i'll put it to holbeck and see if they they'd want to take it that manuscript I'm very much like the Harrogate series. I, um, uh, who'd have thought that three, four years ago that I'd write 10 books in the Harrogate series, writing number 11 at the moment. I would never have predicted that at all. Um, so who knows where this, will, this one will go. I, I think it just depends on the response from the reading, uh, the readers and that. Um, and are you just going to stick to writing the Harrogate series and this one if it's successful or do you want to write something different? I've, I've written one other, Bridging the Gulf, that you know about. Um, and writing standalone I think is very hard because they, they stand alone and they sometimes get lost. Whereas if you're writing a series, people like, people enjoy and wait for the next book and get quite a few posts saying, When's the next book coming? I'm on book nine now, and I know there's a ten, but I'd like a number eleven when I finish the template. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I can't write that quickly. But, <clears throat> but certainly, I, for me, it's the character development within a series that I thoroughly enjoy writing about. And I would, I, I would now, I, I, with with my standalone book, I'd love to develop some of the characters in there. What? what some you can't because they no longer exist, but there are some that, that I would have liked to have developed. But then I didn't have the ideas to move that on. And I think that's because it's not set in a place, proper place, <clears throat> whereas these are set in places I can actually go and visit and look and walk the streets and smell the smells and uh, let my senses take it all in and then write from, from where I am. So the idea, so the answer is, I think I've got my hands full. If people like the Merseyside series, I think I've got my hand full writing two books in 12 months, one for each of the series. I think I'm, that would be me happy in that sense. Um, with your Harrogate series, do you have an end point in mind? Or are you just gonna, no, you're just gonna no. keep writing? I'm just, until people, I, mean, I think it's been the best, the best selling fra uh, fragments was the best selling Harrogate book I've produced. Other than that's wrong to say, the first one is actually, and the box sets them really, really well. But from publication to now, it's had a tremendous number of positive reviews and it's had um, very, very strong sales. So <clears throat> I must be doing something right with the Harrogate series. So to cut it short, um, I've still got books within me, I think, for Harrogate, and I've still got developments for the characters. Um, but there will come a time where it becomes, th you, you know, you, you, you lose that um, affinity with it. You, you lose, it becomes thin, you know, the, um, 
there's only so much you can write about the, about people. So having the second series just rejuvenates me a little bit and gives me that uh, chance to to develop those new characters. Because um, when I spoke when I spoke to Tony Forder, he because he's written Bliss in a timeline and he knows realistically that he's got to retire him at some point. But I don't think you've done that with. Um, no. <gasps> Yours. I remember, I remember, I don't know if it was um, Ian Rankin or the very tall gentleman, Lee Child, who actually said they've stopped aging for a short period of time to keep them running. I mean, um, so now, who knows how old Cyril Bennett is? I've never given him an age. I mean, he's only just got married, hasn't he? Um, no, I. They're ageless, and, they, and and that's how they should be in a way. And um, I, I think it's Debbie who says to me, Kath Gerritsen actually kills people off, but then brings them back to life, amazingly. And that's what's made her stop reading her books, because, you know, three books down the line, they've come back again. She said, I'm sure they died in the, in the books again. And uh, so, no, I, I'll keep, as long as they still fire me, I'll, I'll keep writing. And... Uh, uh, Cyril will never retire. He might be killed, but he'll never retire. <laughs> as long as you don't kill David Owen, that's fine. <laughs> no, David, he's invincible, David, isn't he? He's got his poor <laughs> more stuff over himself. He's, he's got this like a layer of armour of, of, of tomato <laughs> ketchup, HP sauce. It's, it's, it's all there in front, like a mighty shield. But he's his own worst enemy. <laughs> Indeed. Well, aren't we all? I think we all are sometimes, aren't we? <laughs> He's <laughs> a nice character to write, is, is, is Owen. He really is. He's only known as Owen, isn't he? Owen. Yes. Somebody said to me once, why come you have Christian names, so many Christian names as surnames in your books? And uh, I've never thought about it until till they said that. It's true. Again, similar problem to having too many Stuarts or too many Amandas <laughs> or too many Donners in the book. You've got four Donners in this book. <laughs> You wouldn't want me. You don't know. You might appear yet, girl. You never know. You never know. <laughs> I wouldn't tell you until you read it. Oh, no, I know you wouldn't. You might be one of the swimmers in the Stanley Dock. <laughs> <laughs> I must tell the reader, if the, the listeners really, yesterday we were at, I was at Stanley Dock with, uh, no, it wasn't, it was Sunday, with uh, Holbeck, um, my publishers, and we did the podcast. Uh, there and while we were looking out at Stanley Dock which isn't the prettiest of places and the cleanest of water there was somebody swimming around in it and there was somebody who just climbed out wearing a pair of speedos with his arms folded chatting to somebody on the side and we all had coats on and it was you know what the wind is like off a river it's pretty chilly even on a sunny day they're brave they are brave They'll not get COVID, that's for sure. Goodness me, if they can survive in that, they'll not get anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you looking at questions? No. Are you cheating? No. Are you cheating? You told me you didn't have any, and now you're cheating, aren't you? <laughs> I'm looking at my dog. He's so fast asleep, his legs are kicking. <laughs> oh, God. He's running from something. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> Does that bless him or bless him? <laughs> <laughs> Either. 
if you were to be killed in a book, how would you like to be killed? In my sleep, gently, <laughs> smothered gently. And, and I'll leave that to your own imagination. <laughs> um, there are certain ways I certainly wouldn't like to be killed, and I've written written about them in, in, in some of the books. I, I certainly wouldn't like the Charles Horner hatpin treatment uh, in that, pro <laughs> that slow process, definitely not. Um, and in the book I'm writing at the moment, that will be my worst nightmare and anybody's worst nightmare because it actually doesn't kill him. Um, but I probably wishes it, 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 it had. Um, uh, oh. Can I just be indestructible? Can I just be? No. <laughs> I suppose, I don't know. I really don't. Somebody once said to me that drowning was a very pleasant way to go. But I don't, I don't think that would be the case. No, I don't either. I've heard that no, as I well. I don't think That's... anybody's asked me that question before. How would you like to die? You know. <laughs> Only in fiction, not, not in life. <laughs> Yeah, but you have to put yourself in that position to be able to answer the question, haven't you? Really? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go for smothering while, while I'm asleep, so I don't know anything about it. Is that okay? Yeah, so you don't want to be like a big display for some weird serial killer? No, definitely not. No, no, I don't know. <laughs> Just quietly. I'll go quietly. <laughs> Um, is there any, oh, you don't really read, don't you? What, I don't um, read do you, anything. If you were to be, yeah, I know, <laughs> I forgot about that. If you were to be um, a detective in any TV programming, what would you be? Who would you be? Don't have a television. <laughs> Ask me another one. Okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Van der Valk. Could I be him? Yeah. Oh, okay. and, and Morse. I think Morse is nice. I like Morse. And he's psychic, I like as well. But I've not had a television since 1984. You're off where I And the set was really big and it was like massive. And we rented it from Radio Rankings, black and white. It's <laughs> <clears throat> true. Who would you have as your psychic if you were a. Debbie. You'd have Debbie. You wouldn't have Rob. <laughs> No, no, <laughs> Mr. Ashman, Mr. Ashman, <laughs> goodness me. Uh, yeah, many, go, yeah, go how on. How many I'd days have, would you be fired in? Or I'd, have, how many hours? I'd, have Rob, I'd have Rob Ashman, but I don't think he'd survive after a Saturday night with Mr. <laughs> Ashman. I don't, he would, I mean, he, he, he wouldn't, nothing, nothing would happen to him, but I would not be able to walk for at least three days after I've been out with <laughs> As a sidekick, look, much as I love the man, no, no I don't think you know. <laughs> I think you have to have sidekicks that are complementary, haven't you? And, 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 and as in Skeeter and in, in April, they, they each have qualities that, 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 that help. You've got to be able to hand over that responsibility and know, or if you're in a difficult situation, you've got to know that they've you trust them totally. And just like Owen and, and, and uh, Bennett and, and, and Skeeter and these, 
they trust each other, even though in this series they've only just got to know each other, but they each know that when the chips are down, that they're both good, they both can find. I don't mean in, in, a, in a physical sense, but I mean in a mental, a mental sense and the, the detecting sense and the, uh, and I think I think they're far more astute than Owen and Benny in as much that uh, they, they interact without speaking. And that I think will develop more and more as they go on. They almost can pre-think what the other thinks and know each other well and know how they will handle themselves and know how they will work together and, and so on. Uh, more so than the rest of the team. I think they'll become really quite strong characters. Um, whereas I don't think uh, Sewell's trusts Owen to actually bring him a cup of saucer that matches. Does he? <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> we'll get there in the end. <laughs> bless it. <laughs> it's amazing how many people say that when you say they don't know. Bless it. <laughs> He's so cute. He's a fictional character and it's so cute. <laughs> Lots of people have said that, you know, who do you prefer? Oh gosh, it's got to be Owen. It's got to be Owen. It's just lovely. And I'd love to know, you know, Donna, I'd love to know <clears throat> what what image people have in their mind's eye of the characters. You know, how do they see Owen? How do they see Bennett? How do they see Warlock? How do they see? I mean, Skeeter's described more than anybody, I think, because of the characteristics of the cauliflower ear and the bent nose and so on. But um, and, and you can visualise that, can't you? And tightly plaited hair. You, you, you can visualise that. But how do you visualise David Owen? <clears throat> I guess you kind of try and think about someone that you know that kind of matches, you know, is tall and scruffy. And I think you just sort of try and think and then maybe sort of have that picture in your head. But, yeah, it is. And that was, you know, that's, that's true. And that was funny when... When they turned the books into audio books, uh, the, the Harrogate series, because although I was told I was going to help choose the voice, because I had this voice in my head for Cyril Bennett when I wrote this, as I do for all the characters, and yet they, I never did. I never got to get that choice. And the, the first time I heard it was when I had to physically buy the audio copy to hear it. Unfortunately, it was narrated by a gentleman called Nick Camp. And now, when I write Bennett, I hear Nick Cam. It's perfect, absolutely perfect. And when the audiobook comes out for these two, I know uh, Adrian's narrating these, and, um, and I think he'll be perfect. Even though it's a man narrating the female voice, I think it'll be great. See, I think Bennett, I think um, it's your voice when I read it. Really? But that's oh. just because I love listening to your voice. I just listen to you talk all the time. Thank you very Not much. that I think Bennett's that old, necessarily. Not to say that you're that old. But I think you're I'm old. I would have retired oh, from the police years and years and years ago. <laughs> no, you're fine. Yeah, they um, with, me, with, 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 with my badge and truncheon, I've been <laughs> But yeah, I was, yeah, here's, here's yours your voice when I read the Harrogate series. Oh, that's nice. Since I got to know you. That's lovely. That's lovely. I tell you, that was a really good a big compliment. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Yeah, I would I literally just listen to you talk all day. And sleep. <laughs> no, well, we've been talking for two and a half hours, so. Yes, yes. True. <laughs> so you know that. <laughs> well, somebody once said, why don't you narrate your own? Could you imagine? That would mean I'd have to read the book, wouldn't it? 
I don't yeah. read I don't read books. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and do you have anyone pictured in your head if the new series was to be made into TV or anything? You know, no, I haven't. I've never, I've, I've not even thought about that, to be honest. Um, a, it's very difficult because not having a TV and for the last I mean, months, we've never been to a cinema. Um, I've never seen a new film. I've never, I wouldn't know who's an up and coming actress to take that role on. Um, no. And besides, do you know what? I don't think you get the chance because if, if this was optioned, and wouldn't that be lovely? But if it was optioned, I think that goes out. You don't get a say in that at all. You know, somebody else will have that say. So, um, no. They'd have fun with Skeeter, though, wouldn't they? They would, yeah. I don't know how they'd do that, to be honest. <laughs> that was, it's always a good challenge. They're very good these days with these computerised things, aren't they? I suppose to what we're doing. So it's funny because if you look on um, uh, the internet for the tobacco warehouse where we were on Sunday where some of this is set and um, they filmed an, a, an American film actually at the dark warehouse and it's, it's created to look like America, New York and it's amazing how it does and they've superimposed um, this, the Statue of Liberty and, and the bridge and uh, goodness me it's fantastic and yet we were there and as I said to you about the man spraying graffiti on the bridge, the same <laughs> colour as the bridge, so you couldn't see his graffiti. I thought that's, that's going to be in, in a book. I tell you, it's going to be in one of the books. Yeah, I'll look out for it and I'll laugh when I see it because I'll know I'll remember. <laughs> couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it. Silver bridge, silver paint, same colour, same, exactly the same shade. <laughs> and he wasn't a workman. That's good. That's well, I don't think I have any more questions for you. Right. No, that's well. I'm I'm grateful. Thank you very much indeed. And if anybody's fancies catch a sketch can, um, it's now available paperback and uh, for Kindle and Kindle Unlimited. And on the 18th of May, following sharply at its heels, Sim. So I do hope you enjoy them, and I, I'm very grateful, Donna. Thank you very much indeed. And thank you for your fabulous review of Catch a Sketch Camp. You're very welcome. Um, yes. I, just, I think we've got nine, or we have nine uh, very strong reviews today before I came to chat to you. So, brilliant. Thanks very much. You're very welcome. Yeah, and if anyone hasn't read them, then as someone that's read them both, you should read them because they're brilliant. Thanks for listening to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Please remember that you can view the video on my Facebook page, Donna's Interviews, Reviews and Giveaways, or you can also review the video on YouTube. Um, just search for my name, uh, Donna Morfitt. Her uh, surname's M-O-R-F-E-T-T, and you should be able to find it quite easily. Um, if you want any people to be interviewed, then please let me know, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thank you. Thank you.